Praise the Lord, everyone. Oh, it's a good day. It's a great day, isn't it? Uh, man, that, that three, that, those three words uh, have come back to Florida. Humidity. Oh, it's rough. Hey, I, I just wanted to uh, tell you I thank you for being here. Thank you for watching online. It was one of those days uh, I started getting texts yesterday and, and then all morning and phone calls about, Pastor, I'm not feeling well. I'm not going to be here. And, and I thought, is it just going to be me? Uh, and I'm so thankful that you're here. But I would like to take a moment. And we have several people that are ill and others that are traveling. Uh, let's take a moment and pray for them. Can we do that? Uh, we have some of our seniors that are being impacted with COVID right now, and, uh, and although they're doing well, I want to pray that the Lord just delivers them and gets them through it quickly. Amen? So, Father, we come before you with full confidence that you can and will hear our prayers. Father, we ask today for the, the balm of Gilead, the healing virtue of Christ, to bless those that are ill, that you would touch them, that you would minister to them, that you would take their bodies, which either with COVID or other illnesses, Lord, I pray today that you would pour out your favor and blessing and allow them to recover and to recover quickly and fully. So, Lord, we ask your blessings upon them and upon this service. And it's in the name of Christ we pray. Amen. I promise I'm not going to hold you very long today, but I have a question for you. What is the church? Now, I know a lot of things that, that we talk about. We'll say, hey, why don't we meet at the church? You ever do that? Or, or uh, oh, that's the church that we got married in. Or, that's the church that I attend. And, and we talk about church as a, as a place. But what is the church? Do you remember the church that you grew up in? Do you remember the church that, that uh, from your past? Or do you remember the church around the corner when you were a kid? Or do you remember the church that, that, uh, that you learned about Jesus? Church. What is church? Is it a building? Is it a location? Scripture says it's this. It's, it's the ecclesia. It's the called out. And called out doesn't mean called out and separate in, in, in that regard. It simply means it's a word that they used for a group of people that would go to a designated place for a designated purpose. That they were called out and they called out to do something. The church is the people, the body of Christ, the, those that follow Christ that are called out together for a particular reason. And that reason always includes praise and worship. Jesus is the one that started the church. In Matthew chapter 16, uh, if you would if you would go there, Jesus and his disciples are, are walking and just talking because that's a, that's a lot of the, the way that they taught during that time was uh, they managed by walking around or they taught by walking around. And, and Jesus looked at his disciples and he says, who do people say that I am? And his disciples started speaking up because they heard what other people were saying because they were closely following Christ and, and they said well some say that you're Elijah or John the Baptist or one of the other prophets and then Jesus gets to the place where he really wants to go 
And he says, who do you say that I am? And without hesitation, Peter stood up and he said, you're the Christ. You're the son of God. Isn't that amazing? And this is what Jesus' response to him was. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but my Father, which is in heaven. I want you to look at that for a moment. Here's, here's uh, Peter, and Jesus says, who am I? And Peter says, you're the Christ, you're the Son of God. You're the one that is the Messiah, you're the deliverer, you're the healer, you're the conqueror, you're the, you're the victor, you're the king that, is, that Israel is, is looking for. You are it. And then Jesus looks at him and says, blessed are you. As that same word, blessed, as in the Beatitudes, if you want to be blessed, know who Jesus is. If you want to have a blessed life, understand who Christ really is. He said, this has been revealed to you, but it's not revealed to you by flesh and blood. Flesh and blood is simply a term they used for man, humanity. It wasn't man's thinking. It wasn't man's intellect that helped Peter understand this. He didn't go to the local library and, 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 and check out a couple of scrolls and read them. He didn't go to a lecture circuit. This was understood from a spiritual level that his heavenly father began to speak into his life. I would say to you today that if you really want to understand the church, if you want to have it resonate within your very being, you have to get to the place that you move aside from your own human intellect and you begin to encounter the very presence of God in your life because the church, first and foremost, is a spiritual entity and not a physical entity. The church starts with the spirit let's go on and he says and i tell you that you are peter this is so great i love this jesus says peter who am i who am i and he says you're the christ you're the son of god and then jesus turns around and says and you're peter hey if you want to know who you are know who jesus is because when you know who Jesus is, that's when you really begin to know who you are. See, all of us had a, a comprehension or understanding, some mental uh, uh, ability to, to look and say, this is who I am before Christ. Usually it was full of ego and, 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 and self and self-worth and self-identity and, and we had to be the masters of our own domain. We, we were autonomous. We were pursuing our own, our own path and charting our own goals and, and we were doing everything for ourselves. But when we came into this understanding that Christ is the Son of God, that we needed a savior, we needed a redeemer, and when we looked to him and said, oh, everything that I think about me is lacking because I don't have a spiritual connection with my creator, but when we walked through that, that into Christ and we walked through by faith, then we begin to understand who we really are. See, the person I used to think I was is not me at all. 
I'm over here now. And you say, well, did you, did you, did you get this understanding on your own? No. Sorry. You know where this understanding came from? In relationship with Christ. And the more I point to him and say, I know who you are, he says, let me show you who you are. If you really want to know who you are, if you really want to get past all the little things in your life that, that are frustrating and, and that irritate you and the, and the things that, that bother you, quit trying to figure things out and just focus on understanding and knowing Christ. The more you know Christ, the more you're going to know your real self. And the more you know your real self, the more comfortable you are in your own shoes. It's an amazing thing. So we live in a we live in a day and time where where people say, well, you know, the church is is this or the church is that, and and, and it's true that that the church in, in America or in any any uh, nation that is that's not third world is, is either plateaued or declining. Do you realize that seventy percent of all churches in America are either plateaued or declining? And you say, well, I know what it is. It's the pastor. I've met some of them, and I'm not going to disagree with you 100%. If the pastors are at fault, and myself included, it would be for this one purpose. It would be the fact that we haven't focused on what a real Christian is and what it really means to be part of the church. See, the church is, is different than, than what our culture is. Our culture is, is really amazing. I love our culture. Have you, have you ever gone to like a, um, oh, oh, you know, like a gym? Or have you, have you ever gone to a country club? Country clubs are really cool. I can't afford them, but they're really cool. Uh, and this is what you get in a country club. You get to go to a country club, and you get to pay them money. And in exchange for money, you get to have all the amenities that they afford and it's exclusive and it's really cool and I can't afford it but it's still really cool and you go to the gym you go to the gym and you when you go to the gym you pay them money so that you can work and sweat that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life but you pay them money. And, and because you pay them money, you expect certain things. You expect that it, it's going to be clean. You expect that all the equipment's going to work. There are certain things because you're paying, you expect to have your needs met. It's not the way the church works. See, a lot of times we, we think that, that, that we are... Uh, country club Christians that, that, we, that we pay tithing or we do this or we've been a member for so long that we are entitled to get our way to do what we want to have the songs that we want to sing or, or to, to have the scripture that we want read but in reality the church is completely different than that if you're looking for a church just because it's going to meet your needs, I'm going to tell you, you have the wrong perception of Christianity. Because here's what Christianity really is. Christianity is getting to know Christ. Christ is the one that established the church. The church was 
started on the day of Pentecost, he looked at Peter and said, upon this rock, Peter, you're, you're a stone, and upon this rock, now, he, he's not talking about uh, anything else. He's really talking to Peter, and he says, Peter, I'm going to use you to start the church. What's the church ba- built on? built on Christ. It's built on the understanding of who Jesus is. And in the book of Acts in chapter 2, you see the birthday of the church. And the church just explodes. And it's just full of of life. The Bible says that they were 120 in the upper room and the Holy Spirit fell and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues. And, And then all the people that were in Jerusalem came around and they said, how are these guys speaking in our languages? And I believe it was like 19 different languages that are listed. And they said, I know that they're just fishermen. That's not a slight on fishermen. Because when the apocalypse happens, I want to be best friends with the fishermen. Because I want to eat. But, but here's these, and they said, I know that they don't have formal education, and yet they're speaking fluently in languages, and they're glorifying God. And then here's Peter, the one that said, you're the Christ, and he says, and I know who you are, and you're going to help start my church. And Peter begins, and he declares that Jesus is the Christ. Just what he proclaimed to Jesus, he proclaimed to Israel, to Jerusalem, and said, he is the Christ. And he went beyond that, and he said, and you crucified him. Ouch, that would hurt. 3,000 people came to faith that one day. 3,000 people. And the scripture goes on to say, and daily the church was growing and it was added to as Christ added to the church. See, we can't add anybody to the church. It's Christ that adds to the church. Christ adds to the church when, when somebody confesses and, that they're, and, they're, and Jesus pardons and forgives and they're born again. When they're born into the church, that's when the church grows. It's not just church attendance, but it's about discipleship and it's about transformation of life and it's only Christ that can do that. So here's, here's Peter, and he's, and, and, and he's preaching, and then the church is growing, and it's amazing. The Bible says, and, and daily and house to house, they're breaking bread and fellowship, and they're, and they're studying, and it's really incredible. The Bible says, and that they have all things in common. In other words, what they were saying is, if somebody had a need and they had surplus, they just met the need. They were focused on being selfless. See, and here's the key. Here's where I really want to get. If you look at the life of Jesus, he was our greatest example. Jesus didn't come to be served. He came to serve. The church is not about having our needs met. The church is about serving one another. If you really want to know who you really are in Christ, learn to serve. And you say, well, that doesn't seem right. I know it doesn't, does it? But it's true. It's true that when you learn to give, when you learn 
to serve, when you learn to prefer somebody else over you, there's something amazing that happens within your own spirit that transforms you. And, and, you, and your own nature, your own carnal, selfish nature is kind of shoved out of the way because you're not listening to, I need to be number one. You're saying, I'm preferring this person. And something within you pushes that, that, that carnal, that old person out of the way. And when that old person uh, is pushed out of the way, the Lord begins to reveal to you, here's who you really are. Do you realize that all the fruit of the Spirit in us, remind, uh, I want to remind you, it's the fruit of the Spirit. We can't have love, joy, peace, goodness, meekness, temperance, faith, all of these things in us without the Spirit of God. But what is fruit for? Well, some of the... It, it, now, he noticed that it's not bananas because bananas are, are designed to sit in a bowl and then turn black. <laughs> That's what happens at our house. And then we have banana nut bread. Yay! Uh, but the fruit of the Spirit, fruit is designed to eat. But you don't see the tree that's producing the fruit eating its own fruit. It's designed for somebody else. See, when you have the fruit of the Spirit in your life and you have love, and you, and you encounter somebody that has a lack or a void of love, you give them the opportunity feast see everything that is about our lives everything who we really are in Christ none of it's about us it's about serving others and when you really find that truth your life will be revolutionized we look at the gifts of the spirit through the spirit sure they bless us I love all having the fruit of the spirit what about the gifts of the spirit Where, are they designed for who Oh, I know who they're designed for. They're designed for the person that possesses them so they'll look holy. Right? See, I, I, if you have a gift of prophecy, there, well, there you go. See, look, look at that prophet. Wow! He's not even touching the ground. Angels are carrying him. No, the, the gifts of the Spirit are designed for one purpose, to minister to the body of Christ to minister to the body of Christ. They are there to be able to bless other around you. Not the world, the body of Christ. The body of Christ. Who is the body of Christ? It's those that are sitting around you. Do you realize that any spiritual gift that, that's in you, any spiritual gift that the Lord wants to give you, is designed in your life to bless somebody else? I've, I've had people come to me in the past because inevitably, when you, the very first thing you say when you say the spiritual gifts, first thing that co comes across everybody's mind is speaking in tongues. Right? I've had people tell me, Pastor, I don't mind having some of those gifts, but I don't want to speak in tongues. And I said, don't worry, you won't. But if you start thinking about it, how selfish is that? Let's be real. They don't want a gift because it scares them. But the gifts are designed 
to bless others. And, and what if, because we don't want something, God is unable to minister to somebody else because of our fear, because of our doubt, because of our own desire to be autonomous, to be in charge. See, and that's, that's the catchy thing about the gifts of the Spirit. It doesn't matter which one. You're not in charge. It's the Lord speaking and you just simply saying, okay. It's amazing. Isn't it amazing? First Corinthians. I, I love First Corinthians. You know what I love about the church in Corinth? They were so stinking messy. I love that about them. So here, here's this church in, in, in Corinth and, and, and they are divided up because some of them are saying, well, I, I'm a follower of Paul. Yes. See all the letters he's written? I don't understand them, but I'm following him. And then somebody else says, well, Peter was on the day of Pentecost. I'm following Peter. Somebody said, well, I'm following Apollos. And, and then there's always that one, that little smart aleck guy that says, well, I'm following Christ. You know, nanny, nanny, boo, boo. Uh, I, I, they, he topped everything. So, and so here's, and it's dividing the church because they're following after people and after this and after that. And they're saying, I'm going to go over here because I really like the way that guy speaks, or I'm going to go over here because I like the music over there, and I like this up here because this, is, this just fits my needs. And Paul just levels them and says, If you're doing that, aren't you carnal? You don't understand who you really are. You're part of the body of Christ and in 1 Corinthians 12 18 he says this you're the body of Christ and Christ has set you in the body that word set means he put you exactly where he wants you he put you where he wants you to serve isn't that amazing that, that if sometimes we, we look at, at, at who we are or where we are and we're saying, oh, I, I want this, I want that, I want this, and I want that, I want somebody to feed me, I want somebody to take care of me, I want to be a gym Christian. And in reality, Christ is saying, I've planted you in this body of believers because you have a significant role to play. And here's the key. When Paul uses the analogy of a body and that every part has a function to play, he simply means every part has a function to play. Sometimes, some parts of our body we don't really think of that often. You know, how, how often do you think of your little toe? Not much. Guys, never. Women, only when they've had their pedicure. But I promise you this. Tonight, if you get up to go to the restroom in the middle of the night and your little toe encounters the bed frame you will think loud and long 
about that little baby toe. It has a function to play. When it hurts, you have a hard time walking. You have a hard time getting around. It affects your entire body. Paul said it's the same way in a body of believers. When a body of believers, when everybody understands that they're there to serve one another, when they're there to minister to one another, that they're coming to serve and not be served, when they have found the true manna, when they have found the, the food that, that, that nobody else knows about, when they understand that by being a servant, I am fed by the Lord, that's when amazing things happen. See, everything we are, we're the church. We're the people of God, and he has placed us in the body. There is not one person that's in this body of believers that does not have a significant role to play. Sad to say that I've seen some churches that are all ears. It's just a whole room full of ears. I've seen other churches that are other, never mind. The truth is this, Christ has set us in the church and we're there to serve. And the beauty of being a Christian is not about being served. It's about serving others. It's not about the, the messages. You know, I understand that I'm not the world's greatest preacher. I'm not the world's worst either. In fact, my, my ego would probably say, I, I, I know where I rate, but I'm not going to let you know. My wife says I'm the best, and I love her. But I know that a church is not built or predicated upon, a true church, upon the oratory skills, nor is it the, the prowess of, of, our, of our musicians or the amazing vocal tones of our singers. Or the, or the facilities. It's based upon people that have found their real identity in the body of Christ and have found themselves and are giving themselves to everybody else. I, I find it amazing, and I don't even know why I'm going to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I find it amazing that in my years of, of serving the Lord and serving God's people, the only people that have ever come to me or, or that are the people that I've heard that have had issues with, with any church, whether it's one I was pastoring or another one, are always those that have shifted from being a servant to being served because their needs aren't being met. And yet, if you're a servant, your only need is to serve others. And there's a beauty in that. I'm going to ask our praise team to come back. See, I'm a man of my word. I did not hold you long. I learned a great lesson from, from the pastor that I, uh, when I started going to church, when I gave my life to Christ, uh, Reverend Lumpkins. In fact, his, his son, which is, was just visiting with Nancy and I this last week,
But he told the story of once, and this was back in the late 60s, early 70s, so uh, he said he was praying, and, and uh, he, they didn't have any, any groceries in the house, and they were praying, and somebody had given him $50. Now, back then, $50 was like, wow, $50. Now it's like a loaf of bread and a jar of peanut butter. So he had this $50, and then he was at the church, and he was praying, and he was thanking the Lord for that $50, and, and, a, and a man came up to him and said, Sir, I need a pair of shoes. And he looked at the guy, and he had holes in the bottom of his shoes, and he gave him $20. And he said, Well, Lord, I'm thankful I have this $30. Then, it was, then he decided that he was heading to the, going to go to the grocery store and get some groceries for his family. And, and he got out and he, and he ran into somebody that said, man, I really need some gas money. And he ended up going to the store with $20 out of 50 in his pocket. And he, and he decided to change the steak to bologna. And he used that $20 well. And you say, well, that's a great story. But no, no, this is, that's not where it ends. It's Reverend Lumpkin, he was telling me, he said when he had those two bags of groceries and he walked out of the grocery store, he said the presence of God hit him. And the light of the Lord just was so bright in his spirit and he could see the Lord smiling at him, saying, good job. Why was that? You see, Reverend Lumpkin had, had learned the true art of being a servant. In fact, I'm so thankful for him, because when I went to him and, and said, Reverend, I, I really feel called of God to be a pastor. And he said, in his Georgia accent, well, praise the Lord, Brother Jesse. He said, follow me. So I followed him. We were walking through the church, and he opened up this closet, and he was scrounging around in the closet. I didn't know what was in there, a golden scepter, a golden Bible. None of those things, but when he came out of the closet, he had, of all things, some toilet cleaning supplies. And he says, if you're going to be a pastor, you might as well start at the top. I'm so thankful for that. Because I learned most of my lessons about serving by watching him by imitating him. And those same experiences he had, like when walking out of the grocery store, I've encountered. And every single time it's because there was a selfless act. Because you push self out of the way and the Lord begins to show you who you really are. Would you stand with me? We're the church of God. We're the body of Christ. Where's your role? 
and you say, well, I'm only eight. Good. Eight-year-olds can have a part in the body of Christ. You say, but I'm 84, 85. That's okay. I like that. You have a part in the body of Christ. Anybody from 18 to 80, anywhere, if you're alive, if you're breathing, you have a part in the body of Christ. And God has designed you to minister to one another, to build up his body. For when that trumpet sounds, we'll all be there and we'll all be in joy. My friends, let me call you. Let me call you to servanthood. Let me call you to true identity. Let me call you to who you really are. You say, well, I don't have to serve to, be, to find out who I am. Oh, yes, you do. You really do. And if you're not serving, you're not seeing yourself, your real self. But when you do serve, and you do serve joyfully and you serve faithfully that's when the Lord is revealed to you and that's when he reveals to you who you are Father